Optimal health for high performers. This is the Health Upgrade Podcast with Dr. Nawaz Habib. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Habib. I'm really excited about our conversation today with Jody Cohen. Jody Cohen is the best-selling author, award-winning journalist, and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, where she has combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create unique proprietary blends of organic and wild-crafted essential oils that help her clients heal from brain-related challenges, including anxiety, insomnia, and autoimmunity. Jody's next book, Healing the Brain and the Body with Essential Oils, is coming out in March 2021. And I'm really, really excited about this conversation because I'm very much a beginner in the essential oil space, but I have a lot of experience and seeing the positive effects that they can have with a lot of my patients. So I'm really excited to learn more from her. And I think this would be an amazing conversation for anybody who's interested in learning about how to use these tools to upgrade their health. Without further ado, here's that amazing conversation. Welcome, everybody. I'm really excited to have our amazing guest, Jody Cohen, on the call with me today. And we are going to be digging into Jody's specialty, which is essential oils. I'm really, really excited to learn about how we can upgrade our health and use this wonderful tool to really help promote this positive, vagus activating, parasympathetic, boosting, amazing tool that, that we all have access to. So really excited to have you here, Jody. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh my God, a mutual fan appreciation. It's great to be with you. I'd love to start off just getting to know you a little bit and getting to understand your story, how you got involved in nutrition, in essential oils, and into the functional medicine world as well. Yeah, I think necessity is the mother of invention. I always thought I was healthy, you know, and yet I worked at Microsoft and pretty much free-based Diet Coke you know, for a decade until I got pregnant and cut it off entirely. But my first kid was super easy. I just thought I was a great parent, had a second one really close afterward, and he was not easy. He was really um, no impulse control, no ability to focus, total sensory seeker, nonstop. Thought it was my parenting style, read every parenting book I could find. Nothing seemed to help. You know, our big cue was like, look at my nose. And he was all over the place. And then one day at a birthday party, a good friend was like, oh, look at how well behaved Max is today. And I had that kind of proud moment for a moment. And then someone handed out a Ritz cracker and he Jekyll hide it and literally started sprinting off. So, you know, I tracked him down, brought him back. And she said, okay. My brother was on Ritalin his whole life, and it turns out he was just allergic to weird foods. I'd never seen him like Jekyll Hyde like that. You should take him to a nutritionist. So we did. And the nutritionist took him off corn, soy, and dairy. And the next day, he could look at my nose. And I was so floored that I had to learn more. So I delved into the research. I went back and got a degree in nutritional therapy, quit corporate America, was trying to help other moms you know, manage these really challenging kids because it's exhausting. And so one of the things, you know, when you have a wiggly kid, it's really hard to assess them. So I learned this technique called muscle testing. Dietrich Klinghart teaches it, autonomic response testing. And that came in really handy when I was first introduced to essential oils. So flash forward, my then husband 
was very, very depressed and it became clear he might die on my watch. So we moved him into a residential treatment facility. And the moment I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him safe, my adrenals finally just collapsed and I could barely get out of bed. The kids were five and seven. I would wake up with them, make them breakfast, pack their lunch, drive them to school, come home, crawl back into bed and set the alarm for pickup. And that, you know, at the whole time, I I knew, I knew what remedies I should be taking. I was ingesting everything I could think of. Nothing seemed to help. And fortunately, I had a good friend who had been playing with oils for a while. She came over with a huge box as a gift and said, you know, you have been so hypercortisol for so long, which we know causes systemic inflammation. Your gut's probably toast. You know, anything you ingest is really not going to help you. Oils are great because they could go in through the skin. You know, we know that herbal remedies like hormonal creams and nicotine patches work that way. And also inhalation. Why don't you play with these? And, you know, desperation, mother of invention. I'm like, sure, why not? I muscle tested the box. Will this help my adrenals? Got a really strong yes. Tried to narrow it down to what? Got five oils. Was confused for a moment and then thought, oh, I liquid, I can combine them. So I formulated my first blend, put them on my low back over my adrenals and felt like myself for the first time in weeks, you know, cleaned the house, did the laundry, went shopping, made their favorite meal. I just got so much done. And then that night, you know, when I, in my rock bottoms, I do this kind of nightly reverse engineer process where I look at the day backwards and see what pops out as like, what was a win that I should keep doing? And what was kind of an epic fail that I should avoid in the future? And the oil stood out as a win. But, you know, as you know, often when you have high stress, that kind of goes hand in hand with poor sleep and insomnia. So I would put the kids in bed, you know, try to read myself to sleep, start to watch the clock, you know, 10, 12, 10, 30, 10, 40. At around 10, 50, I thought, wait a minute. Oils can kind of go in transdermally. And I know from when I played with topical melatonin that the spot above the ears has really thin skin. Like maybe there's something in there that can help my pineal gland release melatonin. So I made that up and, you know, topically applied it, slept really well, kept making things up. This was in 2012, right around when a neuroscientist, Kevin Tracy, came out with his research about vagus nerve stimulation with the you know, pacemaker-like electric device. And I was, I was really intrigued with the vagus nerve because I knew that when you can help people kind of shift into the parasympathetic state, everything else goes better. And the idea of stimulating the vagus nerve, you know, I was always thinking of calming, like how do you kind of sedate it? And it didn't occur to me like, oh, stimulating, you know, and I had been kind of playing with there are certain oils that are considered stimulatory. Like if you were to put them on your skin, it would maybe feel hot. It would look red. And so I had this idea, blends seem to work better. You know, let's, let's play with a stimulatory blend. So clove was the one that tested the best and then combining it with lime. And I put it, I knew that the vagus nerve was the most accessible behind the earlobe on the mastoid bone, you know, yes. where Kevin at Tracy was doing his magic. And I tried that. And, you know, as you know, it turns on all digestive cascade function. So I was like, oh, look at that. My stomach gurgled. You know, it's a little bit like when uh, Diana Driscoll put the nicotine patch on her little sequel valve. And she's like, oh, look at that. I had a bowel movement. So I, I knew 
I was on to something, but I was kind of so, you know, depleted that I, I just kind of kept getting better. And when I started to feel like me again, my friends were like, oh, what are you doing? I want to try it. So it was, it was like a Tupperware party. I'm like, here, try this, try that. And then someone said, you have to do something with this. And I thought this, you know, someone must be doing this. Like, it seems so obvious. So I finally went online and, and looked at what was out there and realized, first of all, most people are really focusing on single oils and kind of make your own blends. No one's really doing blends to balance organs and regions of the brain. And also they make it so super complicated. Like I was very, very grateful that I didn't start with research because I would have felt unqualified. So yeah. that's really how I got started. That's amazing. And I, I love the aspect of your story where it was so practical. It was actually something that you were using, that you were experimenting on yourself with, that not just experimenting, you actually were, were putting together the practical application of knowing physically where to place it, understanding like over the ileocecal valve, over the mastoid, we're going to affect positive change if we affect exactly where the issue is occurring. And if we think about it in a very logical, very functional way, we can really create positive change. And it's so wonderful to have access to these amazing tools out there like essential oils to be able to use them in, in this specific manner. I, I love that. And I love that we're obviously so well aligned when it comes to the parasympathetics and the vagus nerve specifically. So we can definitely dig into that a little bit as we, as we continue on. The idea of blending oils, I, I love this, this concept because people have this preconceived notion that a single oil is kind of what's supposed to be used or like, how do we, how do we figure out where these blends can come from? And for you, it was very experimental. What was that process like developing that idea of let's put them together? I realized it was like, oh, they're liquid. Let's just try them together. But were there moments where you might've blended incorrectly or, or noticed that there was too, too negative an effect with certain blending as well? Not in the beginning. I started off, you know, just basically following my intuition. But as I started the company, I kind of acquired a board of directors, other practitioners, and some of them were really good. And so they would test, you know, like I started tweaking the formulation, you know, like, oh, there's too much time in this, like, let's lower it. So I, I really started playing with it. And also even, um, you know, they talk about the Schumann residence of the planet, like things are constantly shifting. So every year I, I kind of go back and revisit the formulas and adjust appropriately to really make sure things stay in balance. In terms of epic fails, I didn't have many. I think it would have been more like, Basically, like you, I'm always trying to address the root of the problem. You know, like I think of my kids used to like to make those um, marble ramps, you know, and if one thing's a little skewed off, the marble doesn't go down. So you have to just make sure everything's in alignment. So one of the biggest aha moments for me was kind of the lymphatic system, yeah. you know, and how I knew how underserved it was, you know, and it's kind of like the brain, like it's really hard to get remedies in the brain. So we just kind of ignore it, you know? The lymphatic system is so critical. Most of us are like mobilizing our toxins and then the lymph is stuck. So it's like a traffic jam in the body. The garbage just keeps getting recycled. And so when I started playing with lymph and what was really interesting to me is that you can definitely combine oils like you could, would combine colors, but you know, based on where they come from in the plant and how they're grown, 
they do different things in different plants and they do different things in us. So like with lymphatic, what you're trying to do is kind of dilate the vasculature so there's more space, but you're also lymph flows in one direction. You're pulling it downward. So like a lot of the root herbs, you know, like vetiver that have deep roots, they help with kind of the directionality of detox. So it was just starting to notice, it was more of an interesting, like, okay, this works, I know it works, why does it work? And then going back and reverse engineering the research and having all of these dot connecting moments of, oh, that makes so much sense. Oh, of course, you know, if, if a plant is a resin, like frankincense, it's really nature's band-aid, right? You yeah. cut the plant, it pours out, like, of course, it's going to work that way, like on regenerating your cells and, you know, healing. It was just interesting. That's pretty cool. It, it is that kind of testing it out and, and figuring out and then understanding, oh my goodness, this is what it does in the plant. It's obviously going to have a very similar effect when we apply it in, in the correct manner for us. And that's, that's really cool. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm, I'm very much a beginner when it comes to essential oils. I don't have a lot of experience. Use a little bit of lavender in the dryer so that the clothes <laughs> smell a lot nicer and we're a little yeah. bit more calm but I, I don't exactly have that knowledge base yet. So yeah. for those people like me who uh, are just kind of getting into it, just want to learn a little bit about essential oils, what, what exactly are essential oils? How are they manufactured? How are they uh, extracted from the plants? And then eventually we can get into talking about which ones are kind of the, the main ones that we should know about. Yeah. I mean, what most people forget is that all of our modern pharmaceutical drugs, or at least 50% of the ones that have come out in the last 30 years are derived from plants. Plants have healing components. That's why food can be medicine. It's because there are actual chemical constituents in the plants that help balance our bodies, help stimulate the right things, help sedate the right things. Like, you know, aspirin is derived from white willow bark. Valium is derived from valerian root. So we, we know plants are healing. And then oils are just the really concentrated essences of plants. So for example, lavender, you know, you pick the lavender and then what happens is the, the best way to kind of extract the oils is steam distillation. So you boil it, you know, the steam rises, hot air rises, and then it separates and the oil goes in one direction and um, the, the water essence goes in another. And that's really how you capture it. And what's lovely about it is that it's kind of farm to table, you know, you pick it and you immediately grab that essence like uh, Terry Walls, whose protocol is, you know, integrate 200 plants into your diet every year. She allows the use of oils because she recognizes that oils carry some of those healing constituents, you know, especially if it's hard to get a variety of produce in your area. So that's, that's what they really are. Did that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I really like that idea. You, you mentioned if, if plants are difficult to get in your area and me living in a northern climate, yeah. we don't have access to produce year round that's fresh and clean and, and locally grown, which is an optimal kind of scenario. But when there's snow outside, it's not exactly like I can grow some lettuce or whatever. So I, I love this idea because we know that incorporating plants, incorporating vegetables, into our diet is so important, but this is another way to include the essence of these important plants that obviously have healing powers into our day-to-day lives. It doesn't need to be from a dietary perspective. It's just into our environments. 
Right. Well, and even, you know, we know that the flavonoids, you know, the essence of plant, that's what really helps the gut and kind of pre-populates the flora. And there's a lot of research that oils have flavonoids. And so even applying them on like acupuncture points related to digestion, that seems to help carry, you know, like it's almost like the metabolic precursor. I love that. Yeah. And, and this is how we can combine the use of traditional Chinese medicine and tools like that in, in the acupuncture and, yes. and those type of world in Ayurvedic as well, and bring it all together and, and kind of play with people that, let's say, for example, patients that don't like having needles used in an acupuncture sense. If we can use the right oils, we can actually have very similar effects as, as if we were to use needles. Ex- exactly. There's actually an acupuncturist here in Seattle who's worked with Peter Holmes and they have a whole acupuncture with essential oils protocol. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's really impressive. And it's great, you know, like um, as a mom who was trying to get my kids to eat kale, like it's so hard to get remedies in your kids. You guys to grind up supplements, add applesauce, cinnamon, yeah. you know, but they never complained when I'd put oils on their feet. Like just in terms of if it's easy to do, people do it is what I found. Yeah. And oils are, are generally relatively easy to use and, and do. And then when you figure out and you intuitively are able to blend these amazing ingredients together and these essential oils into these amazing blends, then you can use them to really upgrade the way that you're promoting or, or using these tools, not just kind of unilaterally or, or unidirectionally. Yeah. You're able to kind of blend and, and do a few different things at once. Well, and I see them as really nice adjuncts, you know, like if you're celiac and you're eating pizza, it's probably not going to help you. But if you're already doing everything else right, and you can just kind of, but like the marble ramp, like align your body with the way it's supposed to function just by these very gentle, very subtle oil application strategies, then it's, it's like the difference between biking down the hill with the wind at your back versus biking up the hill in the rain. You know, it just makes it easier. 100%. I love that. This is wonderful. And so understanding how we're getting these, these oils, I imagine quality is a really important piece of the puzzle, ensuring that they, the oils are being extracted in a very positive way. I imagine that there's uh, stuff out there where it could be done incorrectly or, or not as effectively. We only buy organic because they're Perfect. highly concentrated. And yes. if you're concentrating pesticides, that's not something I would want to touch. But what's interesting, there, there are a lot of companies that don't do organic. And so they make up all these weird words like therapeutic grade and pure. And what's really fascinating, you know, for anyone that's ever had an herb garden, you know, peppermint, basil, lavender, they're pretty hard to kill. You don't need a lot of pesticides and you're not really going to, you know, adulterize them and make them different. They're really only two oils that seem to be adulterated. And that's jasmine, which requires a much more complicated extraction process and birch. And so I, I see that quoted all the time. I think there's a lot of fear-based marketing. Yeah. And what I really want to say is buy organic if you can, but it's kind of like if you're on the road and your option is like Cheetos or an apple that may not be organic, take the apple. It doesn't matter if, you know, like do the best you can. Exactly. I love that. That's a great way to put it. And, and to understand that, yeah, you want it to be organic as much as possible because Concentrating yeah. pesticides probably isn't the best way to uh, incorporate tools like that into your health regimen. Yeah. Amazing. Let's talk about some of the prime essential oils when it comes to like knowing that these are the, the top ones, ones that 
tend to have very positive effects. You mentioned a few already. We mentioned the lavender, uh, something that I personally am using a little yeah. bit, of, but the frankincense, the clove. I want to talk a little bit about what are those main ones that we know can be beneficial and how are you including them in some of your blends? Yeah. The caveat with this is I really do believe in intuitive eating. You know, when you crave chocolate, you need magnesium. When you crave a hamburger, you need iron, you know, and, and smells will change kind of based on what you need at the moment. But this idea that if it smells revolting, you need it. Don't do that. Like really go towards what smells good. Mm -hmm. And oils are different in combination than they are kind of in isolation. But frankincense is a really powerful one. It has some really interesting chemical sesquiterpene, which in layman's terms, basically it's missing oxygen. So it kind of brings oxygen into the system. You know, everything that's good for the brain is really about enhancing blood flow, you know, so you get more of the glucose, more of the oxygen, more of the stimulation. So anything that kind of helps to um, expand and dilate the vasculature, which is what peppermint does, which is why it's experienced as energizing. Cypress is a really good one, especially it's great for kind of supporting the lung barrier so that if God forbid you get a flu, it kind of stops at the lung barrier. Blue tansy is one of my absolute favorites because it really helps to modulate the immune system, meaning that, you know, so often uh, if you're sympathetic dominant, your immune system is kind of shut off. And so all of these issues are festering under the surface or your immune system is in kind of hyperdrive and you're autoimmune. So blue tansy really kind of evens it out. And that's what I found. The word adaptogen is often associated with plants because it basically means that if you're too high, it brings you down. If you're too low, it brings you up. It meets you where you're at and helps you adapt. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see oils doing. I don't know, you know, certain people get very um, particular about the exact definition, but that is how I see them working, like adaptogenic herbs. I like that. I, I really like this idea of modulating and bringing into balance. I think that's the yeah. key here is, is we're not trying to promote in one direction. It's trying yeah. to bring it into that homeostatic exactly. optimal uh, area where we can recover from different types of stressors, whether we're hyper or hypo, it brings it back into that balanced state. Exactly. That's awesome. So you mentioned a few awesome ones in there. Blue tansy, I've never heard of that one. That's Yeah, uh, it's from Morocco. And you know, the other really wonderful thing about blue tansy is it really helps you release emotions. Like, I don't know what your experience is, but Christine Schaffner, who I work very closely with, she finds that, you know, as you're detoxifying, there's a lot of emotional things that get detoxified, especially anger. We don't know what to do with our anger. So we press it down and then it kind of, you know, the bile is angry liver personality. So oils are a really easy way, especially I think a lot of times when we don't know what to do, we do nothing. So we just avoid. So just smelling um, blue tansy, you know, I have a blend that I call liver support. Uh, It just helps you kind of, you know, you're inhaling, you're exhaling, just kind of gently releasing things. You know, so many of us, someone comes in and we're, we're supporting them in ways that they're well aware of. And then we're supporting them in ways that they don't necessarily know about, but it still helps them. And those oftentimes are the root causes behind these challenges. People often think yeah. about the symptomatic relief that they're looking for, but mm-hmm. not understanding that the underlying challenges that have been there, those root causes are what really need to be affected. And this is really quite good. And, and emotions and like the emotional challenges play such a huge role in that root cause pathway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard for people. It's, it's hard for us as practitioners to 
bring up. It's hard for people to move through. Like flower essences are great too. Plants are really good at kind of, you know, there's that great quote about walking in the beach. And at some point there was only one step, one set of footprints. It was a religious poem, but that's where I carried you. I think that plants help carry us through hard times and, and we can really, you know, and it, it can be as simple as eating plants, um, smelling plants as oils, you know, and it, flower essences, adding them to your water. There are a lot of tools. That makes so much sense to me because plants based just in how we see the planet and how the planet rejuvenates with plant growth and and how that is like diversity of plants is actually a sign of health, of of growth, of of opportunity within the the world and, and on the planet itself. So that just obviously makes such sense in terms of use these tools that nature is giving us to promote that positive growth and and that rejuvenation that we need. I want to talk about some of the more common challenges that people tend to uh, have, things that are holding them back from really being able to be the the top in their in their field or whatever it is, and and not being able to show up. And yeah. so let's start with energy. Energy being something that so many people are low on, where like having a second or third or fourth cup of coffee by the end of the day, and we're just feeling exhausted because we're not sleeping well. What are some of the best tools and some of the blends that you've created that can help promote positive energy? It's funny that you bring that up because the book, I kind of outlined the five things and sleep is the biggest priority. Energy often, if someone tells me they're tired all the time, the first question I ask is, how are you sleeping? And what's interesting about sleep is, um, you know, most people think of like lavender as a panacea and it's a little bit like Benadryl, like it might knock you out or it might make you hyper. It doesn't work for everyone because there can be different underlying issues going on with sleep. The way that I, I find lavender works the best is as part of an Epsom salt bath. Pro tip, two cups of Epsom salt, one cup of baking soda, and then use the bathtub as a mixing bowl. Add the lavender to the salt before you add the water. Mix it in because then it won't float on the top. But that way, that seems to, you know, the combination of the warm skin, you know, the skin's the biggest organ, just kind of assimilating the oil that way seems to be the most full body relaxing if, if lavender is your go-to. But with sleep, you know, if you're having problems falling asleep, that often has to do with the pineal gland, with the release of melatonin, which can be impacted by both high cortisol that throws off melatonin levels and environmental pollutants like aluminum, glyphosate, fluoride in the water that can kind of calcify the pineal gland. And again, it's this, this balancing factor, like you can't say that it chelates because that's a very specific word that correlates with a very specific chemical reaction but it helps to balance, restore, and I guess shed is the right word. It helps the pineal gland to shed the toxins so that it's better able to release melatonin. And then if you're waking up in the middle of the night, like at 1 a.m., wide awake, that's a blood sugar wake up, nocturnal hypoglycemia, your blood sugar dipped too low, your adrenals release emergency energy, and you've got all this sugar in this system and you could clean the bathtub, you know? But what happens is the pancreas actually helps to release insulin to carry the sugar back into the cells. So there's a blend that I call pancreas. It's very high in rose geranium that just helps the pancreas kind of work faster. So just smelling it, it helps make you groggy more quickly and makes it easier to fall asleep. Waking up around 3 a.m. is uh, usually 
liver gallbladder overload. So there are great oils that you can apply over your liver and gallbladder before bed. You know, you can add them with castor oil, just anything to kind of help the liver not feel overwhelmed during that time helps you sleep through the night. That's nighttime. And, and honestly, sometimes when you address sleep, you address daytime energy. If you need more energy is actually one of my five pillars. We have something to help the adrenals. Again, it meets you where you're at. If you're hyper cortisol and like practically shaking, it helps calm you down. If you're hypo and need more energy, it boosts you up. And then the really interesting thing, you know, um, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, most people focus on the adrenals because it's hard to get remedies into the brain because the blood brain barrier only allows really small fat soluble molecules like essential oils. And interestingly, inhalation goes pretty much to the hypothalamus. So we have a combination that you can either topically apply like right around the forehead or inhale that helps to, I call it rebooting to factory settings. It basically just helps the hypothalamus return to balance because its whole job is kind of, you know, sending signals and then waiting for the response. Like, okay, our cortisol levels are sufficient, our thyroid levels sufficient, and it can get a little out of balance. So suddenly like the messages it's sending don't really line up with the experience of the body. So that's a good one. Cause then it also balances the thyroid, which, you know, is so supportive for energy and the metabolism. 100%. I love that. There's a few points in there I want to unpack. I really, really okay. like for those who kind of missed some of that, definitely press rewind a little bit. And <laughs> Sorry, I, go the, through. the no, New Yorker in me, I talked too fast. <laughs> no, it was great. The first one that's really awesome is remembering that the skin is an organ, that, that we tend to think of the skin, almost like the secondary thought process. It's just the covering. It's the, the thing that separates us from our environment, but really it's interacting so much with the environment and its job is to be that interaction with the environment. And so if we create a positive environment around us, then we can decrease the level of these environmental toxins that are entering. We can, we can make sure that we're promoting the use of these plant oils in a very positive way. And remembering that the skin is an organ. It's not just this random barrier that we don't know how it functions. We can use it in, in the same way we can promote positive health within our liver, or our brain, same idea. The thing that's really cool here, when you talked about sleep specifically, that different times are very commonly associated with different organs that are activated and different challenges that are going on. And the one real common thread between those was the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic system needing to be functioning optimally to allow you to get that full night's sleep. And yep. when we have hyperactivation in the gallbladder and the liver, or we have hyperactivation in the pancreas due to blood sugar imbalances, we're not giving the vagus nerve an opportunity to do its job and create that optimal recovery. And so Obviously, then the next day, we're generally going to have this really low energy because the body hasn't had a, the opportunity to recover. I think that's a really important piece of the puzzle here. For anybody who is dealing with low energy challenges, sleep is so important because it's allowing the body to recover from those stresses. And so here's how we can promote that positive movement in that specific way so that we can then be in a bit of a sympathetic mode when needed, but be able to shift back to parasympathetic when we uh, are, are able to. I just want to show this is my book, but step one, shifting the nervous system into parasympathetic gear. 
Step two, improving sleep and detoxifying the brain. Yeah, I definitely, I, you know, it's almost like if you're not able to shift into parasympathetic, nothing else will work. It, yeah. It's like most people are trying to bike up the hill in the highest gear. Like they don't even realize they're overworking and it could be so much easier because they don't know how. I love yeah. your biking analogies. You're clearly a road biker like me. <laughs> I am, yeah. Well, in Seattle is hardcore hills. So yeah, it's funny. We actually, uh, before COVID, we went to Italy with my best friend's family and we rented bikes and her son, we, we stopped and he was complaining, you know, about, and I'm like, okay, let me show you how to shift gears. Like, you know, they're from Chicago. He didn't know. And all the next time we stopped, he's like, that was a game changer. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I love it. I got into it during COVID really extensively. I've got my Peloton behind me and I, I've been out on the road. I love it. It's, it's such an amazing feeling. So I'm glad. It, it is. I know. Amazing cyclist around. That's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk, we, we've talked about energy and, and the, the importance of sleep in promoting that positive energy and, and being able to shift into that daily kind of energized state. Let's talk a little bit about focus. Oftentimes, and, and obviously during the times that we're going through, we're all Zoom fatigued, we're staring at screens for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, and, and we're just getting really exhausted from this. What are some great tools you have to help promote focus outside of being able to step away from the computer and, and just clarify your thoughts with a walk outside? What are some of the best essential oils for that? Yeah. And it's really interesting. You know, there's a whole branch of chiropractic called functional neurology that really looks at the different regions of the brain and the best way to activate them. You know, sometimes it's looking in certain directions. They use oils a lot because either by topical application or inhalation, you can selectively target different areas of the brain. So when you think about focus, it's really the prefrontal cortex, the forehead that's helping you focus. And what's great about your um, olfactory nerve, cranial nerve number one goes directly to the forehead. So just smelling things like we talked about expanding oxygen. So peppermint, rosemary, all the ones that they talk about for focus, what it's really doing is helping to dilate the vasculature so that you get more oxygen. So that can help anything you can do to kind of open the neck channel, which is a little bit of the bottleneck and getting the good things into the head and the bad things out is also good. So mint is a good choice. Rosemary is a good choice. Citrus, especially for kids, for some reason they love orange. So you don't need to be super particular. It's pretty much whatever smells good to you. And what it does is it then stimulates this part of the brain and brings energy there and just makes it easier to kind of sustain focus. And that's something that I think is very similar to what you were experiencing with your son as well, be the inability to really focus on focus here, focus here that you were doing with him. <laughs> I love this, this, it comes back to understanding that if we promote that positive blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, that yeah. we're going to be able to do that. It's a similar idea, I imagine, to like smelling salts when people need to be. Yeah. Coming, uh, well, and you know, it, it's interesting. Everything's additive and cumulative, right? Stress is additive and cumulative. Stimulating your vagus nerve is additive and cumulative. Lifting weights. The more you do something, the easier it is to kind of shift gears into that. So that's why I love just smelling. You know what? It doesn't matter what it is, anything that you love. You know, I have specific blends I recommend for different things. But if you're just starting out and you just want to go to your supermarket and like smell a couple of things and pick the one that you like the best, start there. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. 
the idea of opening up those blood vessels and and just promoting that that focus and being able to stay clear through the day I, I love it so yeah I think anything that that really promotes that idea and just testing it out with with those types of ideas you don't need to go to a full end blend but yeah uh, the wonderful idea there and yes when you peel an orange man there's no better smell than that right and so yeah. imagine just concentrating that taking the essence of that uh, being able to use it and and just get the I'm salivating already just thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and the citrus blends too especially for mood and depression there's a lot of research I think one study even said that deliminin which is in the citrus is better than any antidepressant it's great interesting. for you interesting very cool that's that's actually kind of my next area that I wanted to go into and I think there's there's a very strong correlation as you and I both know between mood which generally is based on that serotonin and melatonin and sleep. And so what about mood? We talked about energy and focus. Let's talk about mood and promoting a positive mood. We talked about uh, citrus and obviously deliminin. Let's talk a little bit about that. How can we promote a very positive mood, helping to promote that serotonin level and making sure that we do feel very positive because so many people are really feeling that down pattern right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, obviously vagus nerve stimulation helps with the serotonin release in the gut and also just that safety gauge. Like I've noticed that so much anxiety is correlated to, I don't feel safe. And when you're stuck in fight or flight, how can you feel safe? It, it even shifts your selective focus. Like I've had experiences where I, I'm now able to identify when I'm in that kind of, oh my God, my back is at the wall. You know, it doesn't hurt that my heart is exploding out of my chest. It's very obvious to me when I'm having an anxiety attack. And so one of the coolest things you can do, this is from functional neurologist Titus Chu, who talks about when you're having an anxiety attack, that is your right frontal lobe that's overactive. So you want to balance the two hemispheres of the brain. So the easiest way to do that is to literally take your right thumb, plug your right nostril and smell something through your left nostril. And to your point, it could be tangerines, you know, oils live in the rinds of citrus fruit. So anything that you can smell, you know, and we do have smell satiety, kind of like, you know, you don't keep eating once you're full. So often it's within seven breaths you won't be able to smell it anymore and you'll feel better. You'll notice like, oh, that the anxiety has passed. I feel calmer. So it's really important to kind of help calm your nervous system. And then the other interesting thing is a lot of depression is correlated to kind of underactive frontal lobe, you know, like um, treatment resistant depression. It, it's brain inflammation, which, you know, you can help by improving circulation and um, drainage. But it's also just anything you can smell that draws energy and attention, even topically applying like on the forehead can help move the energy and shift the mood. And, that, and then the final thing is kind of what we were talking about, like anger, all yeah. the emotions that are really stuck and making you really grumpy and irritable. You know, there are a lot of great reflex points on the ears, even just kind of massaging your earlobes. You know, that's really great. The bottom of your feet have a ton of points. You know, blue tansy is a great one, you know, rubbing it on the bottom of your feet, mm -hmm. smelling it, massaging your ears. Those are really good ways to just kind of like loosen up the energy. It's like, you know, you have the dirty pot, you're going to soak it in the water to kind of like loosen up the grime, right? Yeah. It just helps to make things move more cleanly. 
What a great point to, to chat about here. You, you had mentioned previously melatonin and the pineal gland becoming calcified when there isn't movement. We spoke a little bit about the gallbladder and the fact that yeah. when there's tightness and stagnation, we, we don't have that movement. And movement, as we know, is life. If something is not moving, if it's not flowing, it creates this downforce and, and doesn't allow us to function optimally. And so vasodilation and opening up those blood vessels allows for movement to occur. And that's where we can really create this amazing change when essential oils are used. Yeah. So that's such a cool idea to me. We want to promote this positive movement pattern to the pineal gland, to the gallbladder, to the pancreas, to the gut, and promote this movement pattern in a very positive way. Yeah, it, it basically breaks stagnation and congestion. That's kind of the number one takeaway from oils. You know, that's what they do in plants. They move fluids, they help keep everything flowing. And that's, you know, kind of COVID, you know, we're all sitting more than we're used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stagnation. Yeah, this is a great tool right now. I'm very, very grateful for this conversation. It's been, it's been so enlightening so far. Let's talk a little bit about your new book. Uh, You're focused on the brain and getting brain function optimized. We talked a little bit about that. What are your, your top amazing new takeaways for, for the book? The main thing is that, you know, I think the brain is marginalized because it's really hard to get the right remedy into the right area because the blood brain barrier like protects everything, but super small molecules. Like, I think that's one reason essential fatty acids are so good in the brain because they can actually, they are the right key to unlock that door. So I just talk about how you can use oils, you know, in a very strategic way, smelling through different nostrils, topically applying in different places. But the main thing is, you know, they're great adjuncts. Like we talked about using an oil um, behind the earlobe on the mastoid bone. That's great both for vagus nerve stimulation. And then there's this concept of vagus nerve toxicity, vagus nerve infection hypothesis, there are a lot of toxins in the mouth that are draining along the trigeminal nerve. If the lymph is congested, the toxin sits too long, it gets uptaken into the nerve, causes that minor infection, you know, that sets off the cell danger response. So now you have chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia. Well, how do you get rid of the toxins there? Clove has been used in dentistry throughout centuries to help detoxify. It's very high in this constituent eugenol. That's amazing for, as we said, kind of breaking up the congestion and the bottleneck and just letting things heal. So that's a big point. A lot with drainage, there's been a lot of research, you know, most people don't realize your neck is kind of like the middle seat in the airplane. If you're surrounded by two linebackers, like (laughs) a lot can get congested there. And if, you know, when you're sleeping, the brain shrinks, the glymphatic system kind of cleans house. And then ideally the toxins drain down the neck. If there's congestion, it's a little bit like the garbage strike in New York. You know, the toxins don't drain, they recirculate, they have to get taken in. That's what really leads to brain inflammation. So making sure that, you know, everything can get out and leave the body and kind of to that point, opening up all the stagnation in the liver, the gallbladder, the gut, all the stuck points. And then energy is kind of the fifth pillar that we've talked about. And then just immune modulation. And that's what most people, you know, when you think of oils, most people know, oh yeah, they're antibacterial, they're antiviral, they're antifungal. So really talking about how you can use oils in very specific ways to optimize your immune system. 
Yeah, things like oregano and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. The point of stagnation keeps coming back and I'm just really, really, I want to just point that out again. And, and I think I missed out on it earlier, but the stagnation of things coming in and then things needing to leave as well. Oftentimes when we're thinking about our diet or thinking about our overall health, we're thinking about supplements, add this, add this, but we forget about take it out. Make sure that the things that our body is metabolizing become toxic if they stick around for too long. Yeah. And we yeah. need to clear that out. And I love the idea here that the oils not only help to bring in that positivity because they're allowing the flow and the movement to occur so much more, but they're allowing that movement to occur because we're taking out that stagnation, that toxicity, the thing that's stuck around the metabolites that shouldn't be there, getting them out. Yeah, so, they, they so declutter important. us. Yeah, it's that... <laughs> <laughs> I love that decluttering. It's, they may recondo our energy. Actually, it's the same publisher. Uh, 10 Speed published her book as well. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. This has been such a wonderful conversation. My brain is just exploding with ideas for how to use this a little bit more in my mind. Let's talk a little bit about the book and when it's going to be coming out. I know, I know it's around now as well. Yeah. For when we're... It's, um, it is officially out on March 16th, actually, and a, a free gift, uh, since your audience is already so well-versed on the vagus nerve, but it's a bonus chapter on how, you know, oils can be used to stimulate the vagus nerve along with some other suggestions, and they can grab that at boostthebrainbook.com, boostthebrainbook.com slash gift. But yeah, it's, you know, everywhere books are sold, but what, what my real goal is, it kind of like yours, like, I feel like we, we can take control of our brain and literally gear shift into calm, gear shift out of anxiety and depression, help release stagnation and remove congestion and just really live our best life. And oils don't require us. They're, they're pretty easy. You know, you can carry it in your pocket. They're small. It takes a second to apply it. It's not like, you know, life altering things. It's just a little adjunct to what you're already doing that can make a big difference. And it's generally those little things that make such a huge difference and allow us to live that upgraded life that we all really truly want. I'm, I'm so grateful to have had you on the show here today to, to share your expertise, your knowledge, clearly your passion as well with everybody, just helping to empower people to live their best life. And uh, if essential oils are a tool that you're interested in, I highly recommend digging into it deeper, getting the book, getting that free chapter, understanding how the vagus nerve can be detoxified and supported allowing for that parasympathetic activation to occur at a higher level and being able to then take those next steps to create optimal health in your own life. Thank you so much, Jody, for being here. Where can people find you? I know we've got uh, boostthebrainbook.com. Yeah. And my, my company is Vibrant Blue Oils. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a Facebook community. Yeah. Just reach out. I'm happy to talk further. We have practitioner accounts, if that's of interest. Amazing. This was so enlightening and phenomenal and uh, a ton of great value in this conversation. Thank you again so much for sharing your expertise with us. And uh, for those who are listening, I wish you all upgraded health. Mm-hmm.